Welcome to Everything's Not Fine. I'm Kelly Budnick. And I'm Nicole Allen. You know, we're two friends that have done a lot of life together. (laughs) Yeah, but sometimes it can feel really lonely. Especially in this era of filtered pics and curated highlight reels. So we're here to remind you that you're not alone. Life can be messy and crazy and great all at the same time. We're so glad you're here to join us in our unfiltered and no BS real talk because everything's not fine. Good morning, Nicole. Good morning, Kel. (laughs) Here we are together again. Together at last. It's been so long. Oh my God, finally, seriously, I feel so bad. Life has been bananas. Sing it, sing it. Bananas. Bananas, B-A-N-A-N-A-S. Thank you. You're welcome. You can't say bananas without following up with that. It's It's true. It's in my head, so. It's just there. (laughs) Agreed. <laughs> oh, well, welcome back to this this world. <laughs> Thank you. Back to reality. <laughs> Not that you haven't already been back to reality for almost a whole week, but. Yes. Well, oh. when did you get back from your trip? Well, we've been, it's been several weeks now. We, uh, I want to say like two, two weeks. Two well, your Disney, weeks. you got back from your Disneyland trip, but mm-hmm. then there was Thanksgiving and you went Back to Iowa. When did you get back from there? I got back on Tuesday night. So, yeah, almost oh, a week. tomorrow. Almost That'll be yeah. a week. Mm-hmm. I couldn't. Yeah. Time is a vortex of which I have no, like, there, no anchor. Like, it, I'm just floating around in space when it comes to time. <laughs> I feel that, especially when things are so crazy, like, for sure. Yeah. I think the only reason I have more of that is because my whole work is like yeah schedule but I but I do feel that I'm like how long ago was that what day is it can I feel my face right oh if Jordan didn't go to school I would never know if it was the day Uh, like a weekend a weekday I don't know (laughs) yeah so there's that it happens um I saw that you decorated for Christmas in your house. Finally. We finally decorated. It was nice. It felt good. Although, um, because Jehu has moved out Mm -hmm. and they have a tree, like, of their own. Oh. um, Our kids were like, I said, okay, well, we we had to schedule what we were going to decorate because (laughs) life. And so um, I'm like, be home, da, 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 da. And we get there and they're like, what the hell? Where's Jehu? I'm like. He doesn't live here. (laughs) (laughs) And they were like, that is not cool. I am not ready for that. Like Noah full on was super like sad. He's like, this isn't, this isn't Christmas. This swill isn't Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so sad. So devastating. So devastating to them. And I, Aaron and I, I don't know for that part, I think, like, we were trying to explain to them, like, life changes, you know? Like, we all, we've had to experience that multiple times, right? Like, 
you know, we were with our parents and then we were married and then we were, you know, then you have a new, you have a child and then the next years or whatever, like then you have whatever. So it's kind of always a ebb and flow. Yeah. So it didn't feel totally unnatural to us. Like certainly it was like, Oh, I wish he was here, but yeah. Um, it still felt good. And so we were so, we were so shocked by their responses. Like what? I'm sorry. Huh? (laughs) (laughs) I'm with Noah on this one. It is not okay. (laughs) It's, I know it, it was, it's true, but yet I was also like, I kind of had to realize a couple of things. Like for one, I was the oldest. So I'm the one that left. Oh. So I don't actually know what it's like to feel abandoned like that. Like that's pretty much kind of how he, like he wasn't saying Jay who abandoned us. Right. I think he, you know, being the lever, like I was always the first to leave and the one to go. And he, you know, he's the youngest. So that will be, that isn't his experience almost ever. Yeah to be the first one to go. So, and I don't have, like, I was like, you want to call uncle Jay? Like, you know what it's like. Like, it was, I'm sure, honestly, they should talk at some point because it was very sweet. Yeah. But like, I legit don't know what that's like. I, I, all I could, I had to just sit in it, which, you know, I'm a fixer. Yeah. So that's really hard for me. And I just had to sit there and be like, growing up is hard. And then I just yeah. had to stay. Like, in my mind and heart, I'm like, stay, don't walk away, don't, like, change the topic, like, just sit in it. (laughs) So, it was so, it was so sweet and so hard at the same time. I'm texting Jehu, hey, man, after work, can you pop by for a few minutes? Oh, did he? (laughs) He did end up, which was Aww. great. He's like, I have something to do, so I can't stay for long. But yeah, I'll come by. Oh, so he walks in. He's like, he was super sweet. He's like, bring it in, big dog. <laughs> oh my god, so sweet. <clears throat> it was very sweet. And you know, I said, do you want? Do you want some eggnog? Do you want? Because we have these little traditions, right? Yes. While we set up the tree, we have to have eggnog and candy cane. So he's like, yeah, all right, let's do it. <laughs> So it was a real sacrifice for him. Yes, yes. <laughs> it was really cute, though. It was just super sweet. How and even Roz, she's like, "Well, it's all your fault. You guys made us love each other." <laughs> That's true. Well, you're welcome. I guess. Yes, I always, I always try to put the positive spin on, like when someone's leaving and it's hard and we're crying, and I'm like. It's wonderful that we have this much love that it hurts this bad when they leave. But a hundred percent at the same time, I'm like, well, fuck that. Like, yeah. <laughs> this sucks. That does not make this moment any easier. Shut up. Right. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes. Oh yeah. Elle came home last night. She'll be here all month. And Jordan was so excited that he couldn't even sleep last night. Like ridiculous i love it yeah he's like i didn't realize how much i miss her so yes well and that's a hard one because two to one like is a big change too which poor noah will feel again at some point where yes (laughs) that shift but you know when it's it like you have a teammate you have your sibling and then like it's me just me yeah (laughs) 
For the most part, he is loving that, but he definitely misses their friendship and mm-hmm. their camaraderie. She was home for maybe 15 minutes and she and Jim were already like ganging up on me and doing all of their usual fuckery that makes me so mad. <laughs> I have, I have, so my house is fully decorated for Christmas. Like I have poured all of my feelings into Christmasing every room of the house. And my mantle, like I always get this fresh garland, which is not a good idea to have fresh garland on a mantle because your fire dries it out. And mm-hmm. why do I do that? But anyway. Because it's so damn pretty. It's so pretty. And it smells so good until it's completely dried out when the fire's on. So anyway, I saw on the Instagram or whatever, like, where they put the garland on the mantle. And then on one side, it, like, drapes down. and it, But on the other side, it stays up. And, you know, it's just across the mantle and then drapes down on one side. So a few days ago, Jim was like, so what's happening there? Like, do we need to trim that? What's, you know. <laughs> Granted, it's just the greenery. So it's not like fully beautifully decorated with the ribbon and stuff yet because I need to go buy it. And so it does look a little weird. But I'm like, no, you just have to go with me and my vision here. I've seen it. It looks pretty like it's going to be have good. a vision. Yes. He's like, well, I feel like I need a V8. And <laughs> <laughs> like, well. Whole house feels tipped sideways because oh one strand of garland is hanging a little long. Whatever, it hangs all the way to the floor. It's obviously very intentional. It's intentional. And yes. So then Ellie comes home last night and she's like, "Uh, what's that hanging?" <laughs> <laughs> Jim's like, "Yes, see." And so then they like spend ten minutes just oh. harassing me. Yeah. And he's laughing so hard because, you know, the the daughter always pushes all of the mother's buttons. Right. So he's been trying to, like, play it cool and, like, he didn't think it was weird for the last few days when I told him mm-hmm. to hold tight. And then she just came in and blew it out of the water. So good times. It's going to be a good month. I'm going to leave yeah. for a week at some point. I've already decided. <laughs> Perfect. Coming to Spokane. <laughs> Do it. Come on now. <laughs> I really am coming to Spokane. Well, we have to be in Spokane two weekends in a row for different things. And so. Oh, serious? Uh huh. So I was like, I might just stay the week if I get all my stuff done. And then. Yes. So, yeah. Fun. We'll see. If she and I are at odds with our alpha female (laughs) nests under one roof, then I may spend a few days away. I get it. I get it. I like it. <laughs> I was telling my friend the other that day. It's so I, funny. I have a vision of. No, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, you. Oh, I just had a vision of you walking around the house, like as a response, just like, I have a vision. I have a vision. <laughs> that is literally. Yes. <laughs> just. This house is beautiful. You always talk about what a great job That's I do right. decorating. Like, yes. just shut up and. Let yeah. me see it out. Absolutely. And then I may hate it and get the clippers out and cut half off. But for now, I have a vision. That's right. Get off oh, my back. That's right. <laughs> no, but I was that. saying that. I was telling my friend how I was like, well, I might have to, you know, spend a 
I might be gone for a week. <laughs> and she was like, this is so hard for me to process. <laughs> and I was, I was like, yeah, well, her kids are still a little bit younger. And I was like, two alpha females under one roof. Uh, especially when one has had a taste of independence and freedom is. It's a big deal. It changes. It's true. And if I can, I am thoroughly entrenched in a avoid all negative interactions mode right now. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if I need to take a little getaway, I will. Yeah, I support it. (laughs) So I might be coming to bunk in with you for a couple of days. (laughs) Come on in. The more the merrier. (laughs) No, just Anyways. So did you listen to our challenge from old Jimbo? Yes, I did. Coach Jim. Coach, coach Jim. Jim, yes, business coach Jim. Good um, Lord. <laughs> no, it was great. I totally listened, and it was hilarious because we were driving, um, and Aaron was in the car too, so he was listening. And every once in a while, he'd say, "Well, yeah, I mean, you know, you know, whatever, like some <laughs> feedback thing." And I'm like, "Listen, uh-huh. no," but it was good. I appreciated what he had to say for sure. Um, I, I was glad that one of the things you said is, "Well, this isn't therapy." <laughs> Because I had to say, I snort laughed because when you said that, because I was like, well, yeah, that's exactly like, same. Where's the line? (laughs) (laughs) And I I need to go back and talk to him about a few things because I've been processing. I don't know if you could tell by my voice in that um, recording that I was a little irritated. (laughs) (laughs) And I did appreciate, I'm not. I'm, I'm mostly kidding. I did appreciate everything he said. Um, but I feel like he doesn't understand that the podcast itself is an ongoing conversation. Like it's not, we're not going to solve all the world's problems in one show because we do this every week there. We would only need to have one show. Like, right. Exactly. That's, that's the other thing that I was thinking too, is like, well, we want it to go on. (laughs) So, you know, there's only so many topics. And the other thing is most of the podcasts that he listens to and this is why he thinks he can be our coach is because he listens to podcasts all day, every day. Like mm-hmm. he listens to podcasts about ridiculous things that I don't even think he cares about, but he's in the car all day, every day. And that's how he helps the time go. Um, but most of them that he listens to are like long format and um, a different guest every week. And right. so the conversation is wrapped up in one episode because it's somebody new every week. So you have to. That's a good thought. That's a good point. So lest you listeners are worried that we're going to now have a three hour podcast, that is (laughs) probably not going to happen. Maybe probably once in a while. Yeah. I will say I appreciate it. And I can be one that does this where um, I'm not always great, like my, uh, you know, stay in the feelings thing. Uh I'm not a great one at that sometimes. So I can be like, okay, enough of that. Yes, exactly. And so taking that, remembering like, okay, just be in it. And if we're into something, 
it's okay to stay there and to like not worry about. Yes. <clears throat> and that to me also was the most valuable thing that he said. And I think the most valid thing that yes. he said. And mm-hmm. so, and I know that that was his main point. So point taken Jimbo. Yeah, it was good. And I appreciate that he listens. Like I really oh, do. Me too. It's at any time we get any feedback from people, like, it actually is so, just so you all know, Yes. Um, we really do. It is so valuable to us. And if you yes. have thoughts, even when like, oh my gosh, I wanted to say this, or I wanted to say that, like text us or message or Insta or whatever, like yes. we really do love it. It makes us feel so good and like helps us be better and, and whatever for you. Yeah. Like it, it makes, and it is encouraging to keep going because it is easy. Even when you were talking with Jim, the other thing I kept thinking is, yeah, but like, I don't want to sound like we have it all together yes. or like, you know, some dear Abby, like, you know, you had said like, was, you know, like <laughs> advice like, column or something. Yes. Like, I mean, we are willing, we can certainly do that. Sometimes. Oh, I can give advice unsolicited even. Yeah, all the, the time. best of them. <laughs> I am frequently saying, I know my vote doesn't count, but <laughs> I will tell my clients that all the time. Okay, so you're talking about this, and I know technically my vote doesn't count, but I vote that you should definitely do fill in the blank. <laughs> And, and people laugh all the time, but I'm like, I, no, for real. So I'm really giving you my thoughts. No, like seriously, I expect that you're probably going to do this. Like, I really I think that so. you should take some some of this into account. <laughs> why wouldn't they? Why right? wouldn't the world want to know what we think and why Clearly. they should do it? Yes. Come on. Well, I will say I do have some people that says back to their like husband. Well, my hairdresser thinks yes. that you need to blah blah blah. <laughs> Duh. So this is why I'm going to school to become a psychologist is so when I tell people what they should do, I have like, yes, letters behind my name that make it seem like it's legit. I like it. I like it. I support it. I support it for sure. Yeah. Oh, Lordy. So funny. No, I back to the getting feedback, and I when when I listened back to his and mine and his conversation, I like he was like, "We need to get the feedback from the listeners," and I was like, "Well, good luck." They never respond, yeah. and right. it sounded. I was listening back, and I was like, "That sounded a little bitchy." <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean it to be, but every message that we do get every text we both like as soon as we get a feedback message or whatever we screenshot it or say oh my gosh I heard from so and so or you know whatever and it it does it means so much and it does help to know like what resonates what doesn't and it's an encouragement sometimes I do feel like oh my god am I just talking to hear my own voice do people think you know whatever and it's so nice to to just get that little encouragement every once in a while of no it does resonate or it there is a purpose behind this it it feels really good even if it's somebody who's only just starting to listen and is back on episode two and it's like oh I know it's been forever but I just listened to this and it was so you know whatever and yeah 
or people who are like, ah, I don't really know why, you know, you would say that. And it's like, hmm, I love a good challenging conversation. So whatever you got. It's true. We're not afraid. We're in. So if there is any feedback or you have thoughts or questions, maybe we should do a a Dear Abby uh, episode or something. Oh, totally. (laughs) Oh, yes. That could be interesting, potentially. (laughs) Sure, right on in. Let us ruin your lives. No, we'll just, we'll just call it like unsolicited advice. <laughs> yes. Oh gosh. So, any other thoughts from that that uh, convo with Coach Jim? No, I think it's good. I think there's things to you know making things practical too. Um, Yes. I I feel like we do that. I think sometimes it's easy, especially when we're talking about taking time to care for yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, I think sometimes, and this might be a man versus woman thing too, Mm -hmm. that it seems like all the care for yourself things, you want to say these really grand things, right? Take the day, go for a weekend, whatever. But a lot of that isn't real. When right. you're, you know, parenting littles like that, it's just not real. Yeah. And so being able to, you know, talk about little things mm-hmm. or what have yous, um, I think is helpful. And so yes. I want to make effort to share our own experiences of some of that. Yes. And maybe even just some of our own feelings in those times. Right. You know, even if it's not like. We didn't know what to do with that, but we felt that. Yes. <laughs> Still don't know, but we right. see you. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the I think the biggest thing that I got out of that conversation with him walking away is you and I have the benefit of a lot of years and a lot of experiences. And I think sometimes we take for granted that not everyone, you know, things that we're like, oh, you know, we don't want to keep beating the same drum or, you know, whatever. We don't want to just belabor this information just because we've heard it a hundred times. Maybe doesn't mean that other people have. Or I know that situation. I know how you felt in that situation because I was there and I watched you. But the people who are listening don't necessarily know anything about it. And so um, it is the risk that we, we run of having a show with two very good friends with longstanding relationship is that, yeah, we know most things about each other. And so we have to remember to tell the stories that we know, but nobody else does. Very true. So once again, thanks coach. Um, (laughs) We're, we're going to do better in the things that we agree with. And the other things you can kick rocks. (laughs) (laughs) Said with love. (laughs) I thought it was cute when we started talking about this, you and me, after you listened and you were like, that was very sweet. What did you think? Like you were very like, I'm not going to say anything negative about it. And I was like, well, this is bullshit. And I don't know about this. I just 
just love that he cared enough to have an opinion, honestly. Oh my gosh. To have thought about it. It's the sweetest. And I'm so grateful that he's so supportive in every endeavor that I have. He loves to be involved. So thanks, babe. Oh, now let's talk about Brene. Okay. That bitch, Brene Brown. I almost texted you that bitch, Brene Brown's book just came out. God, love her. I'm desperate for it. I went to Target. I can't find it. It was not out there. I know. And I, it is not one that I feel like I can do on Audible or whatever. I need to have that one in my Mm -hmm. hands. Agreed. So, yeah, same. I got to. I got to find, I got to locate it so I can put my hands on it. Um, yeah. And the fact that it was Brene and Glennon. Yes. Jesus. Yep. Together. It was, it was so good. And obviously it was just sort of, you know, a preface for her book or about yes. that, um, which was great, but yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So just time out. If you don't know what we're talking about, <laughs> Um, Brene Brown was on Glennon Doyle's podcast this last week. There's two shows. Uh, the earlier one was a really in-depth, more conversation about her upcoming book and what it talks about. Um, and really just conversation. Like it was about the book, but it was way more just like, I love it. They got on Mm. some tangents. Good job. They did. They learned that from us. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And We're then the, <laughs> the second show that uh, Glennon and, or that Brene did on Glennon's podcast, um, I haven't actually listened to yet, but you have. And it was some question and answer type. Yeah, it was question and answer kind of stuff, which was great. Yeah. So today, anything that we refer to is from that, the first show she did with her. So uh, We Can Do Hard Things by Glennon Doyle. That's where Dr. Brene Brown is. That's what we're talking about. I love that they always call her Dr. Brene Brown. It's so you know, powerful. Exactly. And that I think was absolutely intentional because one yes. of the things they talked about was how, you know, as a woman, she gets put into this box as like a self-help for women, yes. you know, rather than like, and, and it's always got sort of this like demeaning, yes. a little bit lower, whatever, you know, so Dr. Brene Brown. That's right. Kicks ass. That's right. You know, one of the things I love the most is that she kept saying fuck. (laughs) I was like, Dr. Brene Brown, who also says fuck. Yes. I love it. It She's not stuffy. That's why I loved it. It was very real and raw and not stuffy. Yeah. And man, she just kicks my ass. She does. Okay. So I'm going to divert one thing with this. She has a podcast on Spotify, right? Oh, Brene, yes. Dr. Brene Brown does. And it's also very good. And I kind of ebb and flow in and out. Yes, of it. me too. But she referred to it in Glennon's that her sisters, I believe she did, yeah. um, are interviewing her like for a few episodes uh-huh. on her podcast about the book as well. And I did go back and listen and she just has one of those up now. And that was also very good. Oh, good. Um, and it was cool to hear her with her siblings, right? Two yes. of her sisters are on there. And one of the things they said, um, and I'm the reason I'm saying it is because I relate to this. I feel like we do this as well. 
as a gifting that Brene has is that she isn't stuffy and that she is willing to say things that like other people don't say about the human experience. Mm -hmm. Right. So like, and like will use her in a self-deprecating, like she'll use herself. Mm -hmm. Like, Oh my God, I remember when I feel that when I did that, it's so embarrassing and it was so whatever. Right. And she, and they were talking about even when they were kids, like, you know, parents don't talk about her, their parents weren't talking about sexuality or your body and changes and whatever. And so they'd like save up questions for when she'd come home. <laughs> and like, I got to ask Renee about this. Oh, I love it. And it, it was super adorable, but it was so cute because I thought, I think that you and I in our own version have that a similar thing where we're just going to say yeah. The thing, right? The experience and we'll say our our experience and like it will be it can be really um honest and mm-hmm. you know, like awkward and we're not afraid of like throwing ourselves under the like that was uncomfortable <laughs> bus. But at the same time, like everybody relates to it and it's yeah. like gives sometimes that deep breath of like, oh thank God, you too. Yes. You feel that too, because I felt that, you know, like it's sometimes it's funny because it's relatable. Like, I know this is not a big thing, but even like on the Disney episode, you know, oops, I just almost cracked my pants. Like, (laughs) you know, like we have all been there. (laughs) Yes. And so, you know, I do love that so much. And, and it's so much what, what I want to walk around life providing people is um, it's almost like a soul connection in a, in Mm -hmm. a very practical way, like just a little bits here and there of we're all there. We're all going through it. We all have, or um, yeah, I do. I really, I appreciate that about her. I appreciate that about us. And it's probably my biggest goal is to just mm-hmm. keep doing that and to not get, um, and it is very hard for me. I did a podcast, um, a couple years ago, I think. Um, and the host asked me, like I was a guest, uh, on a podcast and he said, we were talking about vulnerability and, you know, just being willing to just put it all out there and say the things. And he was like, how do you, how are you comfortable with that? Or something like that. And I was like, I'm not like, Mm -hmm. I hate it. It fucking sucks. But I feel like that's what I'm part of what I'm on this earth to do. And so part of it is a fake it till you make it like, (laughs) yep. Yep. But I think there's something so, when when people that have that ability and that's or feel that yeah. um gifting right because i do think there's a gifting in it yeah and it's not everybody's and so it would be it would be false for people to just be that way if that's not who they are yeah so i'm not suggesting like no. everybody needs to be like this but there's something so meaningful about being willing to say the hard true thing in the moment to people that, that it is that moment, you know, like I'll give an example when parents, like our parents are going through hard things. Like when my parents got divorced as an example, I was an adult. Yeah. And we're, you know, kind of whatever. 
Um, one of the weird things that it makes made us, we went through, Aaron and I, is that we started having these moments where we would almost start feeling like we'd have their fights. Like, and then we'd have this like moment where we'd be like, wait a minute, I'm not her. You're not him. This isn't actually our issue. Right. Like, but everything was so emotionally charged. Yeah. So anyway, so I was sharing that with someone and I just said, you know, um, and then in that too, everything's so emotional. It's really hard for me being just real. It's hard for me to want to be super affectionate when Mm -hmm. everything's really emotionally charged in that. And I don't mean towards my kids, but especially with Aaron, like, I just feel a little shut down and I feel a little bit tapped and like I'm at my max and I just, I had just sort of had to, it was almost like I was confessing it, but I was like, it's hard not to get in my head and feel like, is that going to be us? Or is that, you know, like just those fears that can just wash over you. Yeah. Um, Similar to like, you know, if a close friend gets divorced, it's, it's hard not to go, are we next? Like, is there something I'm not seeing? And just to feel that like 95% of the time, I know we're good. We're fine. We're, it's fine. We're we're in a good space. We're strong. But then that like one, two to 5% of the time, you can just get this cold sweat roll down your back and have like fear take over. Like, are we fucking next? And um, you know, cause I wouldn't have called that 10 years ago and yet here yeah. we are. So yeah. shit, you know? And I said that recently to someone and even as it was coming out of my mouth, I thought I'm really proud of myself for saying it. Mm. It's really uncomfortable. Cause I had this, I almost wanted to say, you don't have to worry about us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, that's just fear. And I'm just being open about my fear Yeah, in that. But then I also felt like, I hope that it, it also felt like it maybe opened a door of a conversation that felt really scary to, to acknowledge. Yeah. Right? Like the secondary results of yeah. sometimes when you walk through hard shit with people in your life. Yeah. Like sometimes the re the reverb or the waves that come after Mm-hmm. you know, do make you wonder or do make you feel scared or whatever. Does that make sense? Yes, totally. Anyway, totally. it was just my own personal of that same thing. Like, I think there yeah. is a gifting in being able to say the raw feelings Yes, personally and that sometimes that gives permission to people to also feel those things. Exactly. That maybe felt too scary to feel or didn't have words for or whatever, but it's just nice to know that you're not by yourself. Yes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, so true. And I think that the, the reason that we're probably drawing the line between Dr. Brene and us and, you know, all of that is, and especially that experience that you're talking about right now in one of her earlier books, she talks about um, the greatest antidote or whatever, if you will, um, to shame is vulnerability, right? Mm -hmm. And for me, the amount of shame 
that I have battled in my life um, from the earliest memory I have of it is kindergarten. Yeah. Um, like deep, painful, f- familial, you know, things, shame. But when you're a child in a home of an abusive alcoholic, there's shame. Like you, you're ashamed of your home life when you go to school and see all of the regular kids, you know, or whatever, right. like in your brain. And, and it began at least that early for me. So a lifetime of shame. And now at this point, it's almost an addiction <laughs> of mm-hmm. like the vulnerability because <clears throat> I'm, I'm constantly wanting to battle that shame, wanting to, to make normal and to make, um, to shine light in the dark spaces. And so, um, it may, it may be hard for me to do it, but I can't not do it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a little bit, even what you're saying about your experience, like it also is a, um, I want to say compulsion, but that's not the word, but like to alleviate shame in general, like if I can say something that relates to you, that can help you to see yourself as if I can normalize humanity, yeah, yeah, <laughs> then I'm taking the shame out of humanity. Yeah. And um, that benefits you, but it so benefits me. And that's it is it was kind of a like, you know, I said this thing and it was like, oh, God, do you feel that ever? You know, uh-huh, and I was uh-huh. like, oh, thank God. OK, yeah. <laughs> and there is there is a normalizing of like that doesn't make you crazy. Yes. And, you know, again, especially if we're talking about people that are close to you, you know, in relational hard times. Right. Yes. Friends that are getting divorced that maybe your peers and you're the same, whatever, or parents or whatever. Yeah. There, there is reverb of that. It makes it, it, I think it's natural to then go, Oh God, is that, are we, you know, is, is any of that in us? Is that right. something that we're going to have to, you know, go through or whatever. And um, just to hear somebody else say like me too. Yeah. You the know? shared, the shared human experience, the yes. universal, all of it, the universal truths and the shared hardships. And um, it's almost a drawing of strength, you know, mm-hmm. like sharing. Oh, it's, it, it's such a deep feeling. I can't even put words to it. <laughs> Yeah, Like it's, there's just something there of if we can connect on such a vulnerable level. Well, I mean, that good old Dr. Brown today, back to her, but it's going into the arena together. Yes. It's it's having someone in the arena who's not full of shit and who, you know, you can trust them in this battle and they can trust you in this battle because you're both willing to to do the hard things and say the hard things. And so it's, it gives strength. Yeah. It's so true. It was funny. I have a client who is a, like a therapist. And so I was doing her hair and things had been tough, just, you know, so many things going on in life. And 
before that morning as I was driving to work. I'm like, I am not telling Heather about this. <laughs> not because I don't want to be honest, but because I don't want her to feel like I'm yeah. that. Stuff. You know, there are those hairdressers that always talk about their drama. Yes. And oh, they're God. the ones always unloading. And yes. like, I never want to be that person. And I'm honestly, I'm not that person. Right. Me. Right. But of course, within how many minutes we're talking and she's oh. like, you know, da, da, da. and I was like, Ah, and I was just like, <laughs> like I said this thing and I was like, I'm so sorry. I really don't want to be this person. And it's not like that all the time, but she yeah. stopped me. It was so sweet. She stopped me and she said, Nicole, I actually want you to hear me. I want you to know that like your being willing to be vulnerable is one of my favorite things about you oh. because it makes me feel like I can. Yes. And, and that it, it really, like, I feel like you give me bravery to show up because you will. And that makes me yeah. want to more. And it was so beautiful, but I was doing the like, look away, blink really hard, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry. <laughs> because it was so kind. And so it just had such a space, you know, in that. It's exactly it. It's yeah. It is exactly it. Yes, but it was so sweet because I was like, oh. so even I told her, I was like, damn it, Heather, I didn't want to do this to you. Oh, so sweet. <laughs> but it was so sweet. It was so, it was such a good reminder at the same time of like, you know what? For us to show up is, is really what matters. And shit is hard sometimes. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I'm going to show up with my dumb, hilarious, like funny family, whatever's, but also like, I'm going to show up with. That too, you know? Yeah. Well, and I think there's a difference when you, when you show up with the hard things, it's not to put them on to the other person. Mm -hmm. It's, it's vulnerability and it, and sometimes it's to ask for strength or support, but it's not verbal vomit, you know, that the person, and, and there's a very big difference and there's a place and there's, you know, I, I have relationships where I'm like, uh, I need to, I need to vent for a sec. Are you, are you at a place that you, that I can vent? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, I don't want to, if you're in a bad place, I don't want to add to you, but if you're in an okay place, can I just go? And, um, the beauty of, for me right now, therapy is that. I'm paying her handsomely. I can vent all I want. <laughs> oh God, yes, absolutely. Well, and that's what, literally that's what you're there for, right? Exactly. So let's, let's exactly. not, you know. So I don't necessarily need to have verbal vomit on anybody else because I can do it there, but I can still go and share the things with the people without them walking away feeling like they are now carrying the weight of it. It's, yeah. it's like I said before, it's just the shared human experience. It's not the like, oh my God, I need you to carry the weight of my world on your shoulders right now. That's a very oh, big difference. It is. Well, and I have an example of that. I, when I first started in, in uh, my salon, there was a, <laughs> there was a nail tech who was quite the hot mess <laughs> and she, and I was, I didn't have clients a lot, you know, at first. Yeah. So, cause I was building and so I would have her like do my nails and do my whatever. So she'd be talking and she, she would say stuff like, 
well, you know, I, <laughs> I was on meth and then you know how it is. And then she'd say, you, um, well, my baby daddy, when I was pregnant, he was married to somebody else and she was pregnant because you know how it is. <laughs> <laughs> and I just remember, and she'd say these like really like astronomically, like, I really, really don't. I don't know how that I is. I do not know how I'm, that is. I'm really sorry, but I don't know how that is. <laughs> because she'd say like, you know, when he was, and then she was pregnant and I was pregnant and then I did meth. You know how it is. And I'm like, <laughs> sorry, I, sister. I'm really, really sorry. I don't know how that is. <laughs> so, you know, as a difference yes. of like being real and vulnerable and then just like, uh, uh yeah. I actually had to stop seeing um, a hairstylist because she's it was that it, i mean not the myth or the baby daddies but there no, was no, no, always no, like family drama and she was always and i was just like hey it is not worth it even if i do have good hair coming out of here like yeah i cannot no i don't need more of your shit on my shoulders Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't even like talking to my hairstylist except for you when, and not even you really, when I'm getting my hair done, like I just need to relax and, you know, have this time for myself. I do not need to be taking on your problems. So. (laughs) Agreed. Agreed. Not that you, not. No, I hear you. And I think that's sort of that, that differentiation, right? Like there is being willing to be vulnerable and it gives space for others to. Yes. And then there's, you know, and the common experience and then there's just dumping your crap all over everybody. Yes. Yes. (laughs) That's not cool. (laughs) Thanks, but no thanks. Yeah, exactly. So truly there are these times that I'm all, you know how it is. No friend. No, I don't. I'm super sorry. I really don't. I don't think that's as common as you think. (laughs) Yeah. What other nuggets were on that podcast that were so. Well, the one word she used that really resonated with me is she talked about which I really want to read more and I'm hoping she'll talk more about it about her own personality and like through childhood or whatever, having this always this hyper awareness. Yes. Hyper vigilance. The hyper vigilance. And I was like, Oh fuck. I Uh definitely have that. Like that's me. I live in that space of hyper vigilance, like always waiting I don't always live there now because I've really been working on it, but I have, it is my tendency for sure of always expecting another shoe to drop, Mm -hmm. like feeling that like hyper level awareness of how people are doing and what's going on. In fact, uh, the other day I was really up Noah's ass about grades, Uh like did you do this? Okay. Then you're going to text me and then you're going to do that. And you're going to return that and you're going to make sure. And then, and he was like, you're gone. <laughs> and finally I, I like sat with it for a sec. And then I like went back and I was like, I just want to apologize. 
because I'm feeling very out of control in all of these other circumstances. And I'm definitely, I can see myself that I'm trying to control as many things that I can Mm -hmm. because I feel so out of control in these other areas. Yeah. And I'm super sorry because that went full send in your direction. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to work on that. But I know that like I, but I do see that the why is because all these other things that are heavy and going on that I don't have control over. And I, and I see it right now that that's what I'm doing to you. And I, I apologize. Yeah. Yeah. Which was good because he was like, thank you. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's so <laughs> It's going to be okay. You yeah. know, so it was helpful to kind of have that moment of like, oh, too strong, too hypervigilance, really, <laughs> really, really hypervigilance. Like, calm down. Yes. I think I have learned in the good old therapy that for me, and I think in most instances, hypervigilance comes from trauma. Mm-hmm. Like... Uh, you, you know, your brain creates pathways when you experience whatever level of trauma. And it it's like your brain gets stuck in that fight or flight mode. Mm-hmm. And that is where hypervigilance comes in. Or yeah. survival mode. Um, yeah. Which was the other thing that we were talking about before. Um, It's and you before we started the show, you were talking about how it's it's like you're just teetering on the edge of survival mode or hypervigilance instead of being able to take some steps back. And that that picture to me is so perfect of just like walking this tightrope mm-hmm. of hypervigilance and um as I'm able to take baby steps back <laughs> from that edge, yeah. like I'm, I really am starting to see how much of my life it has affected and mm. how much of my family's life. Like I always, and, and this is just a revelation right this minute. So um, it's half cooked. Okay. <laughs> I like it. I like it. But when I look at, um, like L, both of my kids are, L is a perfectionist and Jordan is, um, very afraid of failing or making us feel like he's failing. Mm. And I'm constantly, constantly Jim and I are talking about like, what, where do they get this from? Why are they so, um, concerned about our approval and like that we're going to reject them or um like we are so not that way where do they get these feelings from and i think part of it is that hypervigilance like um knowing that i'm watching and like trying to put out fires before they even start and just constantly like I've probably put into them something that is a, we can't trigger that in mom, like a subconscious, Yeah, we have to keep everything level so mom's not freaking out or, you know, I don't know. It's interesting. We will have to discuss this in 
family therapy, but it seems to me that that in my family, and I'm not saying that this is even a universal thing, but my hypervigilance has created some feelings of unrest there. <laughs> and, and I think that might be my kids' ways of coping with that on their yeah. own. Time will tell. I will get back to you on this. I, I think there is something there to talk about, not uh, because, and I can't remember which one it was in. I almost want to say it was in the one on Brene's podcast, but we okay. sh- you should listen to it because I will. it talks about, she talked about how um, kids sometimes feel pressure that they don't want to let us down of their, of their parents' expectation of popularity or there, maybe you know, I think it, it was. was on that one. Yes. yes. And that, and I felt that too. Oh, like, shit. oh shit. You know, yes. like my own sense of, I want you to be okay. And that means you should have this involvement in these things, or you should yes. have this, you know, I want you to have friends and I want you to be okay. And I want you to have this experience or whatever. And then when that doesn't happen or maybe we see times where they don't have that Mm -hmm. are they are they disappointed or are they worried we're disappointed right right because i know there's been a couple of times like ros and jay who are very similar they're very peopley they're very like always say yes to social things noah's not he Mm -hmm. is people he loves people deeply but he he is a quality over quantity guy. Yes. Yeah. And so he's not, and he really has to like want to do something and, and there's has its pluses and minuses. And we're always like working on that for health and wellness. But I remember having to come to a place of like, aha of going, he doesn't need 50 friends. Yeah. He needs again, quality over quantity. He wants and needs a few really good friends. Mm -hmm. And so am I putting on him something other than than what he is or what he needs or whatever, right? right? Right. And so does that then make him feel less than, not because he's actually dissatisfied, but because he thinks somehow I'm dissatisfied for him. Does that make sense? Like it's so wonky. And so I feel like we have to really check ourselves as parents what and I have to check myself yeah what am I putting on there yeah you know are they reacting from their own feelings or are they reacting to what they think I want to see exactly yeah and then that becomes a whole other thing right where you're like frick what am I unintentionally putting on right right well and um I've said this before but like my parenting out of my lack, right? You know, is is not necessarily what my kids need, right? Or they don't need as much of it as I, you know, like my feelings of abandonment and all of that. That doesn't mean mean that my kids need to be smothered, you right. know. And right. so there, I, it's the overcorrection. And, uh, and, and this, you know, the popularity thing, like my feelings of insecurity in high school of about whatever it was like, yes, that's not going to necessarily be my kids. This is a different world. The, the, yeah, it's, 
social status is not as big of a deal in high school now as it was when we were kids. Right. And so it makes no sense to me. Like, I'm like, what? This, what? You know, but it's a far more accepting and. Yes. At least in my kids' school. Like, and yes, there's still all kinds of, you know, all of the normal teenager high school things. But. Of course. Their needs are not the same as my needs were. And I cannot put my needs on them. Yes. It's so true. I'm just writing notes because I I don't want to forget. <laughs> yeah, good, good. <laughs> yeah. It's an interesting, it's all part of it, right? Like that's all part of the weird juggle and hard yeah. stuff is that like, Am I putting from my own shit onto them? Yeah. Am I, I mean, even like, I think when they're younger, there was times where I'm like, you can't go to school looking like that. You can't wear uh-huh. that. Like, I'm not going to uh-huh. feed you to the wolves. Yes. You know, but then am I crushing their creativity? Am I right. trying to make them be something that they're not, or am I truly helping them out? You know, like, cause I remember right. there was times where, you know, I'm like, listen, you gotta, you gotta, like, hygiene matters. Sorry. Yes. Like, we're, yes. not, we're not doing that. <laughs> there are some human principles here. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> but I think this actually leads to the other thing that um, was said on that podcast. And that was rather than trying to fix your children's problems or whoever's problems, um, you just sit with them and walk through it with them. Yeah. And um, I can see the value in that on purely, I mean, for so many reasons, but purely for the reason of the way I would fix your problem is the way I would fix the problem if it were mine and affecting me. Right. That is not necessarily the way this problem needs to be fixed. Mm Mm-hmm. So I will sit with you and walk with you through it and give you all the strength and encouragement and love that you need as you figure it out. But this is not my problem to fix. Right, right. And for fixers, that is Ooh. ridiculous. And I don't want to talk about it at all right now. <laughs> I know. It really sucks. I'm such I'm right there with you. I'm such a fixer. And and so again, with that, like the Christmas decorating. Where Noah, you know, he's like, this isn't Christmas. It's, this sucks. And Jehu's not here and whatever. And I'm like, oh. Like, I literally just had to say, it's really hard growing up. Now sit. Like, I had to resist all fixing, yes. you know, and, and felt probably way longer in my body and head and heart than it was in reality. But I'm yeah. like, just sit there. It's just hard. Yeah. <laughs> and like, yes, don't need to change it. It's okay. Like, you know, and that's what we just kept saying. Like, I don't know. It's like, I was the oldest. Like, I, I am the one that left, you know, and that's really hard. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, things change and yeah. that's hard. You know, change can, can have grief with that. Yeah. Uh, you know, of course it has its pluses too sometimes, but yeah. You know, just it, that the the not fixing, and that is such a silly little nothing example. But no, that just happened like three days ago, and it was <laughs> I kept hearing her like, "Don't fix it, don't <laughs> fix it." 
<laughs> so like I'm like, okay, I'm trying really hard not to think that. Yeah. But you know what? It's not a silly little example. And I know that you I'm not yeah. saying, oh my God, Nicole. Um, but because who knows the valuable lessons that come to him for about grief and you know, or right. whatever. But and that and I think that is another one of the um like this is so revolutionary to me because I am such a fucking fixer and literally like the last two months of my life have been hell on earth because I'm I want to fix every part of my daughter's life while I'm watching her be out in the world adulting and learning what is right for her. Right. And I'm like, oh, oh, that's not gonna oh God, oh God, oh God. You know, like Yeah. But what in the heck is she going to miss out on learning if she just does the way I think is the right way? Yeah, it's if very true. I solve the problem or I, you know, make whatever happen, I'm cheating her. You know, mm-hmm. we're, when we fix the problems, we are cheating our kids or our people, whoever they are, out of the opportunity to learn what they need to learn. Yeah. Damn it. I, I'm, I'm furious about it. I hate it. Well, and are we trying to make them somebody that they're not too, right? Like, because we are such, we can be such different people. Yeah. And, you know, just because that's uncomfortable for me, it doesn't mean that's necessarily even uncomfortable for them or yes. what they need, you know? Yes. Yeah. My child... God lover is, has decided at the end of the semester, she's done with school until she actually has a goal of why she should be there. If ever there is one, maybe whatever her long-term plans are, don't include needing an education at all, which would be fine. Um, and she's like moved in with some friends. They're out in the woods. Like it's this amazing free, lifestyle and it is so 1000% her and if you mm. would have said to me when she was 5 years old this is what she'll be doing when she's 18 I would have said obviously but somehow over the last you know however 18 years I guess or 10 at least I've cooked up some other plan in my mind of what her post high school would look like and what her early adulthood would look like and how she would learn all the lessons and how she would be most fulfilled and damn it, if that child hasn't just said F you to every single one of them. Right. But does that mean that her life is any less fulfilling and any less of exactly what it should be right now? No. No. If In fact, it's probably the opposite. Exactly. Yeah. Does that make it any easier? Mm. Maybe after two months of toiling, I'm finally getting there, but... <laughs> <laughs> But it sure as shit wasn't before that. <laughs> nope. No, it was not. But yeah. I'm so proud of her. Like, yeah. not only is she fighting what the world's expectations of her are, she's fighting what her own mother's plans and expectations. And she's still saying, this doesn't work for me. This yeah. is not what I need. This is what yeah. I need. Mm. So good. So freaking hard. 
But at the same time, I would like to think that I also gave her that. Yes. I gave her the gift of being able to say, "Mm, no. Yep. It's not working for me. Yep. Agreed. So I'm not kicking myself in the ass so hard. No. Anyway. I think that's so valuable, though. It's so true and so relatable. I mean, we all have our things that are different, you know, but you're right. You you are the one that gave her that skill set and that ability, which sometimes. Why do they always use the greatness? Don't use that against me. Just use that against everybody else. That's right. (laughs) I gave you those skills for everybody else, not me. Boundaries are healthy, except when it comes to your mother. That's right. Uh, oh, gracious. You were taking notes. Oh, no, it's fine. Yeah, I'm good. Okay. Man. I feel like we've dug deep. Someone yeah. please call Jim. And tell yes. Us. Jimmy, tell us what you think. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I have a little, we have, we have a group chat. You, me, our circle of friends, we have a group chat. And this weekend, there was some chatting going on about uh, Christmas traditions. And some of us have children who have left the nest completely. Some of us are empty nesters. Some of us have a three-year-old, so yes. we we run the gamut, right? Um, but those of us with older kids, we were talking about, like, the traditions and how someone said, like, Christmas has lost its magic. <laughs> the, the children are gone, and Christmas is not as magical, which is very true. I mean, it, it is a little more challenging. when It is. But we talked about um, creating the things that give us the magic mm-hmm. and um, making space for ourselves during this time. And so if people are listening to this and it's past Christmas, then save it for next year. But um, I, I just really wanted to encourage us all to make the space for you, for what gives you joy during this crazy hectic time. Mm-hmm. And if that means cutting out some of the, if that means you don't build a gingerbread house this year because they fucking suck and it, there's nothing good about building gingerbread houses ever, then it's okay to not do that for the sake of creating space for you to find something that gives just you joy this season. So, and if that's building a gingerbread house, then God bless you. <laughs> I actually do get joy from building the gingerbread house, so I can relate, but... It's because my children are not seven anymore. Because (laughs) let me tell you, that was not enjoyable. (laughs) Yes, I hear you. So that is my parting words of wisdom and encouragement for this episode. I like it. I we um, used to try to always make Christmas cookies, but it was like the cutout cookies, right? But like I'm talking from beginning to end. Yes. And I remember like every year it would give me stress and anxiety and like it would be, you know, like, okay, you roll out two things of it and then you're done. Uh-huh. Good night. And then mom would cook all the cookies because that's not the fun part, right? Like right. there's a little bit of fun to it. 
Right. But then ultimately, like they just love decorating it. Yes. And I will tell you, I've slowly learning over the years. Now, of course, my kids are older now, but truly the thing they all love doing is decorating the cookies. Yeah. So now because I work and I can, and that is my privilege and luxury, <laughs> I will call. Now we have a great grocery store that makes cutout cookies uh-huh. that are big and delicious. And we just order those unfrosted. And then we still do the fun part of decorating. I love that. And I don't have to bake those damn things. Oh, God, I love it. It's the best mom hack of the season. It is. So we get the fun part and we, you know. But still yummy cookies because you're not ordering. You're not buying the box crappy cardboard ones that come. No, in our area, we have a Yolks, and they make really good cutout cookies, sugar cookies. Um, like, they're, like, shortbread uh-huh. somethings. Anyway, uh-huh. they're delicious. Uh-huh. And that has been my favorite hack because we still get the fun part, the decorating, yes. and we make an evening of it. I love it. But And that's the part that everybody loves, and we will, like, you know, brought people into that, like, tradition. But skip the shit part. Yes. The baking. And now some people, that's totally their jam. Totally. totally. And I support it. I'm all in. I am not that person. So it has been really a hack to like switch. It's been lovely. Yeah. We don't have to do everything the hard way. Oh, for the sake of tradition, you know, like, oh, yes. So great. So great. Yep. I'm a fan. So find something i think do what you love and it's okay to find some hacks in there too yes or just (laughs) hack some things out (laughs) well also freaking true but if you love it like that was my thing i did love it and i didn't know what how to yes best part yes finding that was a huge like i love it plus cut out cookies always lose their shape damn it i know (laughs) always so at least you can get the perfectly shaped ones with no work. And perfectly baked, let me tell you. Like, oh. they are truly, like, they've got it down. It's oh, magic. I love it. Yeah. My favorite Christmas tradition and my kids' favorite Christmas tradition that we have to this day, um, I I may have told this story last year around this time, but is we grab a pizza and drive around and look at Christmas lights and eat pizza. So where this tradition was started was I was having a day with my littles, like ready to throw in the towel. Totally. And I had talked to Jim, like, I don't know what's for dinner. I don't just whatever. Just be aware. There may not, it may be cereal. <laughs> um, and he shows up and he said, says and the kids are already in jammies like it was that day and he's like hey bring the kids out and and we were scraping by okay yeah. like mm-hmm. money was tight bring the kids out let's go for a little drive and i was like oh great perfect and we go i get the kids out put slippers on go in the car and I open the door and the smell of pizza wafts out. Uh, and he's like, let's have dinner in here and go look at 
lights. And I don't, they may have still, one of them at least may have still been in a car seat. I don't even remember. At least boosters. So buckle them in. Um, hand them the pizza and we go drive around looking at lights and it was so great and so like perfect and they every year since they're like when's our night when's our night when you know when's our christmas light night and like now we get a lot that back then it was probably like uh little caesars or something (laughs) yeah no shame in that six bucks done yep now we get some gourmet pizza right? <laughs> and where our matching jammies that I make sure we have for the season. And, you know, it's, it's been ratcheted up 17 levels and it's ridiculous, but um, we could probably still go in sweats and eat peanut butter sandwiches. And my kids would still love it because yeah. that, and most years we get in the car and they start out and they're bickering with one another and they hate each other. And by the end of the night, they're warm and smooshy, loving each other. It's, you know. Yeah. My point is some of the best traditions are made out of necessity or like, oh, the worst day ever. And then it's, it's the thing that gets you through the day and, it becomes so magical that you want to carry it on. So be open yep. friends. Anywho. And it doesn't have to be perfect to be beautiful. I think that's. The oh other. God. Yes. Right. Which so I know sounds true. like a trope, but like, I don't mean it like that. I truly like, yes, it could have been a shit day and just throw the kids in yes. and try to find some Christmas lights. Like, yes. Yeah. To this day. And I'm not joking. Almost and I pl- have planned it out in advance, like as part of our countdown to Christmas Advent activity calendar way back when I managed to pull off shit like that. And, or like spur of the moment, oh my God, we got to hurry up and do this. <laughs> We're going to run right. out of time. Right. And to this day, that tradition, it is mm-hmm. almost always a very shitty day leading up to it. And it almost makes <laughs> It almost makes it where it has to be for the tradition to continue on. (laughs) But um, it's just finding moments, you know. And I'm probably much more sappy and aware of it now because our moments are fewer and further between. But But I think that's so real, especially with the littles. It's easy to, you know, Pinterest has really done a number on us. Oh. To think that everything needs to be so magical and so yes. whatever. And like, no, sometimes it's life-saving. Yes. You know what we're going to do? We're going to go drive and look at lights. Yes. yes. And maybe we just drive around to fall asleep. Yes. That's okay, too. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Oh, okay. Anything else? No, I feel good. Love you. And I do want to say this. Just remember, you're not alone. Yes. You're you're part of us. We're here. We love you. Yes. You're going to make it. I realized that on Glennon's podcast, at the end of every episode, she says, I love you or we love you or whatever. And I would like for the record to show that I did not copy that from her. I'm pretty sure I did it first. Nope. Yep. (laughs) 
Agreed. 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 I know. I have to keep myself from saying we can do hard things because now that's her thing. Yes. Right. Mm, but it is true. But, you yes. know, well, you're not thieves. So that's right. I I just want to say that my I love you is genuinely mine and it's yes. genuinely for you. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we do love you. Have a wonderful week. <laughs>